Insert gay card. I'm feeling we're not in Kansas anymore. Wish I knew how queens. Susan, I'm gay. You can't love yourself. How in the hell are you gonna love somebody else? Can I get an amen? Fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy night. Gay card revoked. I am Robbie Roselle, and my pronouns are he, him. And I'm Rob Schneider, and my pronouns are he, him, and welcome to... Gay Card Revoked! But this is a special one. Well, because we're setting up a Patreon. We are setting up a Patreon. Please tell everybody what the levels of the Patreon are. <laughs> well, uh, the the financial levels Correct. are uh, 5, 10, and 25, mm-hmm. but as we like to call them here, bottom, verse, and top. Correct. So you can either be a bottom, be a verse, or be a top. And support us. I almost feel like we should have a fourth level called DL that's a $50 level. Oh, that's a good one. Where we just, <laughs> yeah. just slide it to us in a right. paper bag. Like or a little like secret. That. Yeah. Ooh, that's hot. I miss you, though. That's like glory hole stuff. Yeah, I miss you. I brought you a little gift. You did. You want to tell everyone what you brought me? Yeah, I brought you a gay card. He actually brought me a tangible gay card. It's this beautiful credit card that's pink mm-hmm. with white lettering on it. Where did you get these fabulous gay cards? So my friend Mark McKillop uh, makes these. He was on the Anastasia tour and he's one. He's going to be a guest. He is. Yeah. Very exciting. Um, and he makes these gay cards and sells them and I said so sorry I need to. <laughs> um, and actually if you subscribe to our Patreon you're going to get one of these. Yes and our Patreon will be launched uh, this week I think. In Eminem like whenever you actually, get yeah, around you know to what, it. Actually if you click on the info description right now you will actually be able to go on and uh, send us money. Yeah we, we need your cash. And if when you go on you'll see that they give you like some different things for different levels. Yeah. If you're a bottom you get a gay card. Uh-huh. If you're a verse you get uh, We're, we're going to be out. like recapping some stuff. Yeah. Like Patreon only stuff. Patreon only special mm-hmm. episodes, which we're yeah. very excited about. I love our guest. Well, that's good. That's and nice. I love his Instagram. I love our guest too. Yeah. So why don't you introduce him? Oh, I get. Oh, I do the honors. You are oh the honorable. Oh my gosh! I'm so excited. Well, folks, this gentleman is a uh, brilliant actor. Um, he's one of the kindest human beings you'll ever meet. He's so supportive of absolutely everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're looking to. You know, do a project, try to get him included in some way, shape, or form. Pretty sure he's going to be a Patreon member. I would hope so. Otherwise, we're not releasing the episode. <laughs> I'm uh, the top. <laughs> oh, he's oh. A, oh, thank you so much for that $50 subscription. No, Wha- 25 right? <laughs> Damn. I loved you in What's Up, Doc. I lo- Carry yeah. on. <laughs> um, he is such a lovely, lovely guy, and his name is Wyatt Fenner. Wyatt! And Wyatt is going to tell us today what he is bringing to yes. our Gay Card Revote classroom. Once upon a time, in a studio somewhere deep in the San Fernando Valley, an undersung gay icon brought together her famous friends from the far corners of Malibu, Venice, Santa Monica, Topanga, and even Beverly Hills, the best-known directors and designers of the time, and together with them created a magical elixir, the power with which it had to provide young gays around the world safe passage a gateway drug that would be the introductory lessons to teach these queer children the power and importance of seeing what is beautiful in the bazaar and what is fantastical in the everyday world around them. A clarion call that said to its audience, Hey, you little freaky thinker, the way you see the world is valid and okay. It's terrific. Look at all of these people up here. They are that way too. 
Keep on going, seeing the fantastic in that everyday third grade classroom world that you have to struggle through. Right now, keep seeing the beautiful and the exciting in what is bizarre because someday your ability to continue to see joy in hard times will not only be your superpower but your protective shield. Decades before the It Gets Better campaign helped encourage gay teens out of the hard times, this Altman anointed Hollywood sorceress had given us a forewarning, it gets really bad. But of course, she also showed us that with the right head on your shoulders and an open heart, you can move through anything and find your way to happily ever after and gay. This creation of hers would take charge of these young gays, preparing them for years of discomfort and sometimes hardship that would lay ahead in their teens by guiding them, North Starlight, into adolescence with the wisdom, curiosity, and most of all the attention given to the importance and power of kindness on display in the devastatingly underappreciated 1980s television series Shelley Duvall Presents. The fairy tale theater. Okay, first of all, that's the manifesto that Jerry Maguire writes. <laughs> Most of our guests don't even put on pants. <laughs> Not even. <laughs> to do this. Wyatt, that was incredible. Oh my well, God. this series meant so much to me when I was a little kid. I had to take some time to appreciate it, you what, know? So when did fairy tale theater come into, did you watch the original run? Uh, I don't think, no, I didn't see the original run because I. it started out on Showtime and we weren't that fancy. Right. But um, it was it was a big stepping stone for me. It was like right around the time that I started to realize I couldn't take my My Little Ponies to show and tell anymore, but I wasn't going to like try to pretend that I was into G.I. Joe's. It was around then that on Friday nights at Blockbuster, I clocked, you know, there were these VHS sets and mm -hmm. each VHS had three different episodes of the series. And every Friday night for, uh, you know, each weekend in a row, probably... I think it was second or third grade i just devoured these stories and just it was like great okay well i'm not gonna look at pretty ponies anymore i was a brony, a brony. i was an og brony too like the yeah. you know the the uh, haribo t television series uh -huh. with the matching plastic toys and where did you grow up i grew up in virginia uh, just in the washington dc area okay. Ar arlington yeah and um like i was saying my parents were awesome they there was a christmas when they got um, my brothers and I like the big gift was the G.I. Joe aircraft carrier playset, mm -hmm. and they could kind of see that I just was really disappointed in the get. And uh, <laughs> a, a couple of days later, um, I, I came downstairs and they had gotten me Paradise Estates, which is the My Little Pony playset. Nice. So my brothers were out on the uh, patio with uh, the aircraft carrier, and I was down in the basement with my pony you know relatable i had a wonder woman barbie let's talk about how she the brilliant shelly duvall who was the producer who created it was the executive producer for gay lord productions mm -hmm. oh she's she already knows she yeah knows exactly she knows she was so. saying come on this way she's kids. like hello i'm shelly duvall Cumbed i'm going to create some queers <laughs> right Sorry. yeah she's just like i'm going to create more queers hello you're welcome i'm shelly duvall Shelly Duvall was a, a, basically a, a Texan. You know, she was a pretty girl in Texas, and she got discovered by Robert Alderman. Yeah, from was Nashville the first like major film she did, or was it a different? 
I think that it was Nashville. Yeah, I, I think Nashville, and then she did three women with him. She did mm-hmm. several with him. Yeah, she almost became like his muse. Yes, and for our generation, we either know her, I think, from The Shining, the Shining mm-hmm. where she's, or even just the image of the axe through the door oh, yeah. and her iconic scream, terrorized uh-huh. face, because she's is, got those big eyes. She's got those huge eyes. Yeah, and, and also, you know. Um, Apparently, during the production of The Shining, she she was never an actor who could uh, who could act it. She always did it. She always felt it. So yeah, for I don't the entire think period of that. Shoot, I don't think of her yeah. as an she actress. Had a really. Hard really. Time. What do you think of her as I, as a, a reactor? Oh well, yeah, well said. Yeah, she very much like just lives in it, and mm-hmm. like, oh, this is happening. Like, I don't think that she. She she believes ex- that's what it is. Goes she there. believes exactly whatever is happening. Like to the point, like uh, off air, we were all talking about the Doctor Phil episode where, mm-hmm. like, he was like, "So, uh, y- you don't think Robin Williams is alive?" And like, she does. She believes that he's alive and shape shifting, and that's something. Um, that she, like I think she just believes things, mm-hmm. and I wonder how much of that is because she's so uh has embedded herself into fairy tales wow um that's deep yeah thank you get card revoked <laughs> in the uh more enlightenment than folks on uh, patreon if you that's right <laughs> dr roselle will analyze you is there, a, is there a discount code for the patreon so i loved popeye, popeye. yeah Popeye. I mean, Popeye is also a great example of like how uh, apparently she was inspired to do this series while she was in production of Popeye. And it's when you when you look at that film, you can see how it is a cartoon with human beings. Tell us a little bit about how she played olive oil. She sure did. Because Popeye. she is olive oil. She's she a, is olive yes. oil. It's kind of perfection. Mm-hmm. It's kind of perfection. It might be the best cast she ever was. That is. Appropriate casting, yeah, mm-hmm. I would say so. Yeah, I mean, I love her in The Shining. Yeah, I, love her I mean, in I think she, she's incredible she's in The spectacular Shining. Spectacular! I a... saw The Shining in a drive-in a couple of years ago <sighs> in Hudson, like at Halloween time. Oh, that must have been terrible. It was spectacularly That'd be good. Awesome. Yeah, I love that. But like, what it, what I mean about that in as olive oil is she's tall and sort of flat-chested and like um, lanky, mm-hmm. right? I'm right here. <laughs> What happened on set? What happened that caused her to... Well, she started collecting uh, uh, original edition fairy tale Mm -hmm. books when she was 17 years old and always did. So she uh, on every movie set, she would have... So she was just like a fairy tale lover. She's just a fairy tale nut. Were you watching any other sort of children's programming at this time? Were you a Sesame Street, Mr. Rogers, or was it, was there something about the subtle queerness of this that kept drawing you to it? You know, it really was the, the bizarre quirky perspective of the fairy tale theater series that brought me in because nothing was directly head on presented in the way that you would expect it there was always something messed up about the lead character and the way that a little kid like me who was a little kicker um was able to be like oh i'm not alone you know like uh the the frog in the frog prince is a bizarre energetic expressive emotional sensitive creature and he's obviously a total star so it can be okay to be this way. So it validated you. Yeah, by all way. means. Yeah. Right. And, and these it also were... fueled, you know, fueled me too. It gave me, it became like that sort of thing where like, 
you know, when you're a little kid and you're starting to encounter um, bullying and people who don't really appreciate that you're you're more comfortable maybe, you know, sitting in the book corner of the classroom daydreaming or looking at maps than you are playing touch football that inevitably involves getting thrown down in the grass. It's like when the kids don't get that, you start to realize that's a problem. When you have these sorts of um, stories and these worlds that this series created to allow your imagination to, you know, help you through the day with, it's a really special thing. And there were a lot of episodes. So it was also like, as a little kid, you know, 30 hours of television seems like an encyclopedic amount. Truly. And these were not like Disney-fied by no like, means clean and lovely yeah. these well, they, were like if nickelodeon made these for sure and also like it seems like more often than not they the casts were just like coked out of their minds and just like i mean which is not as a little kid i wasn't like i love that they're on drugs but when you watch it <laughs> right. now you're like oh my god like the people making these were really just like having a great time committed to artistic excellence and but also <laughs> like stars of the 80s. Who were some of those guests? I mean, Liza Minnelli, Carrie Fisher, Robin Williams, Terry Garr, Leslie Ann Warren. It's It's a a queer Bernadette Peters. Bernadette Peters, Christopher Reeve. Yeah. But you know what? what What's so interesting, you said it's like Nickelodeon made them. It's it's almost like Criterion made them because the directors... Oh my God. Robert Altman directed one, and Francis Tim, Ford Tim Burton, did Francis one. Ford Coppola. I think Just, Eric Idle from from Monty Python did one. Her friends, her friends. Truly, it's like a, an acting rep, right? Of of pals yeah. getting together and doing like a repertory theater. Yeah, I mean the Roger Vadim production of Beauty and the Beast is like Susan Sarandon is really gorgeous, but also horrifying, and uh, that's the way that they approached everything it was Mm -hmm. like like i said you know shelly duvall said it gets really bad but you'll get through it because these stories weren't afraid to show their audience kids and adults that things get really scary and that fear is only a problem if you're not willing to move through it and fear is natural right and it's natural and it's dark out the gate because, like, Rumpelstiltskin oh was God. terrifying. Horrifying. The, when she goes in the woods mm-hmm. to find him with her weird woodland creature friends, that miniature horse unicorn. <laughs> so, once again, Shelley Duvall is playing the princess in Rumpelstiltskin? Yeah, I yeah. think she's called the girl. The girl. Right. <laughs> Which is also creepy. It's like Ned. she's got a vaguely alcoholic father yes. who's like... So, yeah, uh, I'm a miller, and my daughter can uh, spin straw into gold. So maybe you want her to fuck. And Ned, Ned Beatty, Beatty as the Ned, king. Ned Deliverance, squeal like a pig Beatty. Yeah. At is, that time, At too, that time. When mm-hmm. he was making those movies. It's like, you'll be the king. Yeah. And uh, who, who plays my friend? Your favorite human yeah. on the planet. Yeah. Herve Vilches. Yeah. Who can't act, God bless him. Has never acted. Tattooey. I beg to differ. <laughs> I would say he does something transcendent. Please, Please do it. Gimme. <laughs> Notice that even in the Wyatt, when you do even the flatness in his yeah. voice, like he's literally sounds like a stage manager reading the lines. Give me a child. Give me your child. Gimme. What I'm most obsessed with in Rumpelstiltskin is like, he's like, what you give me? Uh, right? It, like, what are you going to give me if I spin the straw into gold? And she's like, well, I have this ring. 
And uh, bitch, he can spin the ring. Let you ring. But he did. He's accepted oh. it because he really wanted a baby. And what do you think he wanted that baby for? I, well, when they showed Rom- Daniel, <laughs> yeah, to care for it. I want to care. When they show the, you know, that's like part of why this series was so creepy because Shelley Duvall as girl goes into the <laughs> woods and sees Rumpelstiltskin's lair, which is occupied by what can only be described as like a satanic woodcutting cast mm-hmm. of creatures dancing around a cauldron. So I'm like, I'm, I think I. I'm worried that they want to put the baby in there. Well, but um, gotta find a virgin somewhere, and in the <laughs> '80s, not so easy. Do you have an episode that you really love? You know, Rapunzel's one of my favorites because Jeff Bridges is so fucking hot. Oh, and, yes, you know, in Rapunzel. Like, yeah, but also in general. And Jenna Rollins is the witch. Jenna Rollins. Oh yeah, and she, has, she, has, she has that monologue about like why you should why you trust- shouldn't trust men. How yeah. men are so evil. She's the giving prince... you John Cassavetti realness in that. Meanwhile, Charlie DeVos is like, I just want radishes. I really oh my God, like the radish puppets. Radishes. There's a scene in Rapunzel yes. where Shelley Duvall is playing Rapunzel's mom because in the first part she plays her mom and she starts to want the radishes. She falls asleep and they're these Jim Henson-esque gremlins, radish monster puppets mm-hmm. that are haunting her dreams so she can eat them. And then I would posit these are not made for children. No. So, but somehow they got on. Well, I feel like that's the... That's Is it... The, there's a fine line because I'm like I would say as a kid when I watched them a thousand percent they were made for me they were they were uh, expanding my thinking about what creativity could be they were giving me access to new ways of seeing fairy tales that I only saw in one way before but now revisiting them as a gay man I'm like they were queering me they 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 were uh, I mean <laughs> they were allowing me to mm-hmm. appreciate um, things that are by necessity aspects of our lives as gay men like sure. seeing the good in a really shitty situation and yeah, recognizing those, like we're gonna get through this we're going to move through it you know those um, fucked up radish puppets though were not for kids those that, are gonna give they you were dreams scary. they were scary I'm wondering often often <laughs> because it says Shelley Duvall's fairy tale mm-hmm. theater at this time did everyone go isn't that the Robert Altman actress? So, like, did they know just by seeing her name? Like, it would be like Wes Anderson's fairy tale theater. I mean, where we go, this doesn't seem right to me. That's so- a little strange. Well, and then also, every single episode features an introduction with, Hello, I'm Shelley Duvall. With special sets. <laughs> with every single intro uh-huh. has its own set. Like, and that doesn't in appear in the episode later. Like, in the Goldilocks one, she's in a beekeeping outfit, and there's actual live bees flying around her. How that, much was the cocaine budget on this show? That's so really what exactly I want to much. know. Exactly. What, and what's, friends, if you do nothing else, if you take nothing else from this episode, I implore you to go to YouTube and just type, hello, I'm Shelly Duvall remix. Because some <laughs> gay homosexual <laughs> has taken all of them and made a mega mix of her going, hello, I'm Shelly Duvall. Hello, I'm Shelly Duvall. Hello, hello. Hello, I'm Shelly Duvall. Should I Bob, drop it in Bob. now, or should they go look Just, at it? Yeah, give a little peek. Go. It's right. worth it. The, Here it is, folks. Give the boys what they want. <laughs> Here you go, boys. Shelly. Hello, I'm Shelly Duvall. Hello, I'm Shelly Duvall. Hello, I'm Shelly Duvall. Hello, hello, hello. I'm Shelly Duvall. Hello, I'm Shelly Duvall. Hello, I'm Shelly Duvall. Hello, I'm Shelly Duvall. Hello, hello. 
I'm Shelly the fucking Duvall. Gotta love her. Oh, come on. One episode where uh, the intro is in a graveyard and in a tree behind her, Mm -hmm. there's a body hanging. Why wouldn't it be? It's just like, what in the fuck? Like, Shelly doesn't acknowledge it. No one does. And then it's like, enjoy the story. The Reagan years were hard. (laughs) I think that there is an appreciation of the macabre that this show helped me at an early age embrace in and a big did, way and, and how did that help you as a young queer man absolutely focused me on the uh, benefits of being other and the value in not seeing things the way that other people do amidst the experience of get it straight get in line play soccer you know like you you shouldn't be wanting to go to play rehearsals you should be wanting to do sports like like the other kids and knowing that it's like, well, this really sucks. I kind of have to like ride this out. But I also realize like my creativity and my um, just weirdness is, is valid and is totally worthwhile. And it's going to benefit me and others eventually. So you shouldn't try to like fit yourself into one sort of mold because you're seeing people out there that are not in any sort of. Yeah. And you're being reminded at an early age, like, Everyone needs to be told whether you're a gay kid or not. You've got to be yourself. You are wonderful. By far, the gayest episode to me would be a toss-up between Jack and the Beanstalk Mm. and Pinocchio. Pinocchio because it is literally like a gay boy's story. You know, a kid mm. goes out on his own, falls in with a group of really nasty people who teach him bad habits and then learns that in order to be a real boy he has to be true to himself and not you know literally be an ass i feel like that's the story of every single gay 20 or something honestly i mean like we all had those club days with those guys that we were like i don't really talk to them anymore but love and light i hope they're great (laughs) but all those fairy tales are very much about an other right an other yeah, absolutely and may I, if I may really quickly, may if I read you, may. you the cast of who's in this Jack and the Beanstalk? Yeah, please. Listen to these gay icons. I'm right uh, here. Elliot Gould. Elliot Gould. Yeah. That's not so I'm gay. sorry, Mr. Barbara Streisand? Oh, sorry. Mr. Mr. Barbara, Barbara Streisand. Streisand. I'm wrong. But, God, Jesus. Uh, Gene Stapleton. <gasps> I can get it for you on wholesale. As the giant chiress. Uh-huh. Archie. <laughs> and, oh, this gay icon that I texted you about exactly. a few days ago. And I was like, I think she's such an underrated actress. Catherine Hellman. Yeah. Catherine as, Hellman. As oh, is mother. that why you were texting me about that? No, I was I watching I just thought Who's you were the watching boss. Soap. Oh. Catherine Hellman, folks, yes. is Mona on Who's the Boss. Mm-hmm. But even earlier was Jessica on Soap, which yeah. we will talk about, I'm yeah. sure, at some point. This is a pretty queer cast to begin with. I mean, with. Catherine Hellman was Kim Cattrall before Kim Cattrall. Absolutely. That's absolutely yeah. right. Absolutely. And what was the other one you said? Pinocchio? Yeah, with Paul, Paul Rubens. Oh, Rubens. come on. Lainey Kazan is the Blue Fairy. James Coburn as the Gypsy. Jim Belushi as Mario. Michael Richards as Vince. Like a 19-year-old Kramer from Seinfeld <laughs> running around getting Pinocchio to like do character acting shit. before he absolutely, was Absolutely, with actor. like a really... Perky cap. <laughs> uh, and a lot of these have songs. A lot of, like, 
Rumpelstiltskin has its weird song. Right, right, right. His like little a, Satan song. Yeah, and like Sleeping Beauty has a little song. Or uh, They all have like a little... Oh my God, Carol Kane in the Sleeping Beauty episode just doing her Carol Kane-ness. She's yeah. such a god. That's, I think one of the beauties of Shelley Ball's uh, fairy tale theater is she just said, hey, character actors, just come... Come and be character Come do actors you. with me. Yeah, yeah. There's and there's a scene actually in that um, Sleeping Beauty where the the fairies. Carol Kane is one of the fairies. They're Thank giving you. the gifts to the princess, and Carol Kane wants to give the princess courage. And the king says, "Courage? She's a princess. What does she have? What does she need courage for?" And then all of the fairies collectively have like a a, a very civilized conversation with this king about like why courage isn't only necessary for boys and and how even a princess could benefit from being courageous and it's stuff like that that's just like thrown in there those of you who haven't been vaccinated twice and waited two weeks this is a good thing that you could watch in that time yeah yeah it's it's really spectacular i had not thought of it in so long i do want to talk about the design aspect of the show because sometimes it looks a little cheap well it's so funny because like episode to episode it's like they built all of the scenery at Mm -hmm. the center theater group scenic shop oh really yeah and it looks like sometimes ctg is a company in in los angeles for anyone who doesn't know and they have beautiful productions but sometimes it looks like they threw them together kind of quickly like rumpelstiltskin with those brick walls are oh and her it's like wandering over a two by two well, they were doing a lot of like early uh, technical tricks that, mm-hmm. like, that, sure. that in some cases seem like they work as intended, and in other cases it's like that looks weird. But I get what they're going for, and as a seven-year-old, I was all about it. I mean, we love the lasers flying out of the the witch's fingers in uh, um, a Rapunzel, or like when the prince falls out of the tower and the weird, like not even CGI, just like orange digital teardrops mm-hmm. of blood fall out of his eyes. Yeah. It's also just gruesome and creepy. Again, I don't know that this was actually intended for children. I th- believe it was intended for the young at heart children. I, I disagree. I do think that it was intended to be viewed by children. I just think kids who were maybe mature enough to watch something scary. Yeah. Like, I remember going to see The Little Mermaid in the theater when I was really, really little. The Disney one. The Disney one. Mm-hmm. When I was really little. And I remember the scene where Ursula came, when she come, you know, she comes out of her seashell and her tentacles spread out. Mm-hmm. I remember shoving my face into my dad's arm in terror because I was so scared by that. And then, you know, however many years later when I came across this stuff, I was like, wait a second. This creepy stuff is awesome. So I, I think there's, you know, there's a differentiation in like what is or isn't uh palatable to to little kids and it changes so quickly when you're so young imagine Shelley Duvall comes to you and says I'm gonna do one more fairy tale theater oh and you get to be in it and it can be either a fairy tale I haven't covered or it can be a remake what story do you want to tell and who do you want to play Shelley Duvall I want to I want to do the the Jerry Lewis story I want to do Cinderfella Oh, okay. Cinderfella's acceptable. That will count. Okay. Okay. Wonderful. Ding, uh, ding, ding. Robbie, ding, what ding. about you? I would like to do Sleeping Beauty because I would like to be the evil queen. Oh, good oh. choice. I know what's up. That's a good choice. I also know what gay men love. Okay. So there were a lot of uh, 
uh, stars, 80 stars, uh-huh. who did this. Sure. It was like Murder, She Wrote for was, Children. Exactly. Yeah. So give me an 80 star that maybe did not appear in this. I want to see I want to see early 80s Betty Davis and Hansel and Gretel. I'll put you in the oven. <laughs> oh. Don't think I won't. Who else is in that oven? My daughter, <laughs> Betty Hyman. She's ungrateful. <laughs> I also would have room on the second grill for Celeste Hunt. When was it? What episode? <laughs> okay. How did it happen? How? <laughs> Folks, just so you're aware, Where Bobby was Rizal has a niche impression. And I love niche. And this is as niche as can be. Uh-huh. Folks, think about All About Eve, the very impressionable Betty Davis. Not her. Celeste Holm. But not Celeste Holm in the whole movie. Just the opening. Yep. Can, can I hear this, please? Sure. When did it start? What day? What hour? How did I precipitate it? Why am I here? You'll find out in the third reel. Celeste Holm presents Fairy Tale Theater. Hello. <laughs> Hello. I'm, I'm Shelley so- Duvall. <laughs> <laughs> Celeste Holm is Shelley Duvall yes. at Les Mouches. Honestly, I would like to see, like, Liza Minnelli is Shelley Duvall. Hello, I'm Shelley Duvall. And you know what I have fairy tales and theater. Because Mama used to take me to the theater. First it was Ethel Merman and Gypsy. Do you remember John? Ever she okay, but then it was the big bad wolf. And I said to you, Lord, I said, shut up! I'm watching Ethel Merman and Gypsy. <laughs> and we punched Joey in the face. <laughs> so I don't it got dark. How was Fairy Tale Theater received? Critically, it was, you know, people said, oh, this is weird, but we appreciate it. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it was successful enough that By there critics, were. critics, do we mean you? <laughs> I will say it did jump from 30 minutes to an hour. It did jump from 30 minutes to an hour. And oh, the, that's great. the first season, I think, had two episodes. Mm-hmm. I think it was Frog Prince of Rapunzel. Yeah. And then, like, I think the you next mean Rumble season had seven. Rumpelstiltskin. Yeah. Give me. <laughs> Give me a job. I wish you could see this because he literally does it with the dead eyes, and it's so impressive. Now, why do you think that fairy tale theater uh, belongs in the gay canon? What a great question. I think that fairy tale theater, and you've written like a full thesis, on is the it. gay gift that keeps on giving. And I really do think that um, the opportunity to appreciate the otherness that is so all over fairy tale theater for for little gay kids gay teenagers who maybe already watched it and then gay men like us who are looking back on it and laughing at all of the iconic appearances it's just a real joy and it's all about something that i think unfortunately sometimes isn't so much a part of the gay community as much as it should be as we would all like it to be which is supporting each other and finding yourself attracted to the the ones who are kind and who are helpful and holding each other up uh, i feel like shelly duvall was able to make this series because her friends were there for her mm-hmm. she had an idea and everything starts with an idea and she shared it with robin williams and terry gar and all of these people who cared about her and they showed up and said yeah let's make this happen and i think um you know because of our uh, arrested development that we all have to get through. Like there's a period in every gay person's life where you're kind of finding your footing and 
acting a little bit more like a sixth grade girl in your you know social behaviors than maybe you would like to as a 20 something adult man but when you grow out of that and you find the people who are your people who who support you and you support it's a really beautiful thing and this series reminds me of that but it's disorienting yes. and fabulous and it mm -hmm. just kind of takes you over and then before you know it you've watched a few of them and when you find friends who you can laugh about with it it's even more you know, and the beautiful thing thrilling. is like shelly is sort of your sherpa through it all like all she means, yeah. when she walks in and hello i'm shelly duvall this is like, the way you're gonna watch this show yes she when she, it's over you can laugh she leads you when it's over you can laugh up like the that. mountain I do want to talk about the crown that she gets in Rumble Siltskin because that's the crown. I know. Janky. Right? Like, drag race winners get better. Uh, yeah. Like, Simone got better. Spoiler. But <laughs> if you're listening to this podcast and you didn't know that, right. gay card revoked. Just Truly. Just it back to us. Right. But, like, that crown, that's, like, that's not even a crown. But she still gets the crown yeah. and and Shelley's reception of it is so pure it and, it almost and... feels like godspell the, the the fairy tale theater feels like godspell of like we're we're putting on a thing i think it feels like the lil nas x video montero call me by your name oh how come I'll just fucking say well it's just or... like it's just like that i saw that music video and i was like this is an episode of fairy tale theater mm. <laughs> And folks, once again, in our info description today, we also have, if you click on Wyatt's name, it'll take you right to his Instagram page. You can go right, right there. You can follow the man immediately. I would encourage you to do so. He is uh, lovely to follow on Instagram. Always has so much amazing, wonderful, positive posts. That's Which true. is so needed in this time. And while you have your phone open, you can head over to your podcast app and leave us a rating and review because we love those. And it then, helps more people find us and follow us at G Revoked. And head to Patreon. That's please. And give us some money. We'd love to give uh, Bethany Zalecki some money. Yeah, we have a wonderful social media director who's doing such great work. She for really us. is. In fact, we forgot to tell her that the fairy tale uh, theater episode yeah. wasn't launching on Friday. She had stuff ready to go. It she was, was up. already. She's like, I got okay. She was better than we were. She was. She really was. Um, and what will be everyone's assignment then for the next episode, Mr. Rizal? I think it's time. I mean, I know that you yeah. just read the biography of this gentleman, and then you passed this biography. <gasps> Is on, it? Are we doing him? Are we doing my dad? I think we're going to go to the center square, Paul Lynn. Oh, my God. We're going to talk about Paul Lynn. So, folks, uh, we will give you some homework to learn about the incredible Paul Lynn. Friends. The there's an excellent supercut on YouTube of all of his Hollywood Square singers, and you can just start there. And who this man was, and how he was out without ever saying the word gay, and gave so much hope and inspiration to He was the glass boys. closet. He really was. Yeah. He really was. So Paul Lynn will be our topic for next week. Wyatt, or sorry, next episode, I should say. Wyatt, right. we're so happy that you came by. Thank you so much for doing this. Bye, everyone. Bye.